is Acacia Thompson from Brooklyn Public Library, the Greenpoint Oral History Project for Our Streets, Our Stories. I'm here today with Albert Baumgart. We are at the Pete McGinnis Senior Center, and it is June 13, 2018. Tell me your story, Ed. Okay, we go back because I'm 81 years old, and I remember when we used to, my mother and grandparents used to sit out on a stoop. They give me a little bucket. This is just one of the instances. I used to go to the bar on the corner, and you would give them a quarter or 20 cents. They would fill that little bucket up, and the guy would say, be careful. And we walked we walk back up, give it that. You know, they would drink the beers. Everything was done outside because there was no air conditioning. I don't know how we live without air conditions now, but at that time, there was no air conditioning. The heat, you had a, a stove in the kitchen that was cold stove. The ashes and everything that came out, we didn't throw them out. We put them in pails because if it snowed, that was the best thing so you don't slip on the sidewalk. You sprinkle those ashes on the sidewalk and you don't fall. And now we'll go back to, you know, growing up, I went to PS 34. From PS 34, I went to 126. But growing up as, as a young boy and into my teenagers, we had, in the nighttime, when it was hot, we had slept outside on beach chairs and everything. And there was a bakery that used to be on Manhattan Avenue. It was called Cone's Bakery. It used to open at 6 o'clock. They would come up with all their buns. And we used to leave our beach chairs on the sidewalk, run two blocks to Cone's, get our buns and everything like that, come back and say, nobody ever moved it. When it was a time for a holiday, we used to walk down Manhattan Avenue with my mother and everything like that. And, and you, all the store windows didn't have gates and metal sheets covering everything. You were able to see everything. Now today, it, it's changed. Now everything's wide, shut, and everything. You can't see anything like this. The, at that time, you used to see smoke bellowing out of uh, the chimneys the, from all the factories and everything like that. And they would say, oh, the pollution, the fog, and everything like that. But when we were that age, we didn't, we didn't realize it. The times were so great. There was so much fun with, with, with other kids. There was no, uh, like, gangs or anything. Times have changed. But I, I, I look forward to it now is that the time has changed, that parents can't afford when I grew up, my job was to support my family. And I worked 12 hours a day, and those 12 hours a day that I worked, my job was to keep my family and everything like that. And I sent my family to Catholic schools and everything. And the best part about it, that was, when I was short, I had an aunt that owned a house out in Long Island. And I would say, uh, Aunt Anna, can you help me? I, I need money for my, you know, the kids' tuition. So she says, well, I got work that has to be done around the house. So she says, how much do you need? So I told her, and then she says, she wrote out a check, and she says, here, but come every Saturday and Sunday, I want you here, and I'll tell you what jobs I want you to do. So we would whitewash the cinder blocks on the bottom, me and my wife. We'd put up canvas awnings. We would take all the rubbish from she had her own gardens and take all the rubbish up and everything like that to support the kids. Today, the mother and father have to work.
because the rents are so high. And it's sort of like an outsourcing program too because now I see so many elderly people being pushed out. And it, it, in a sense it hurts because I'm in that group now and I heard that my landlord's gonna be raising the rent again. And I feel I could go to Pennsylvania and for what I'm paying rent now, I can rent the house and people think I'm crazy. I can rent the house for $700, three bedroom house. I have the use of the yard and everything. I don't have to have homeowner's insurance because I don't own the house, I'm only renting it. And you know, the only thing I have to pay is for, for, for fuel and the water bill. But you know, the, as far as Greenpoint, Greenpoint I loved, but they're destroying it. They're destroying it with all these buildings. I go to the store, it takes me 45 minutes, an hour, my wife hollers, where the heck were you? And it's me looking for a parking spot. You just can't find a parking spot. When they tear up these streets here, they tear up 20 or 40 streets at one clip, but they don't say, we're gonna suspend all the side of the street of parking in certain areas. If you go on Norman Avenue, I see they talk about television, about the sidewalk being blocked. There's a good friend of mine, Gabriel's Auto Body. If you go over there and walk over there, you'll see cars lined all up on the sidewalk. Cars the opposite way in the, in the, in the street. And a, a woman can't get by with a baby carriage. It, it, it annoys me when the politicians say, this is gonna be like this, and they change it. Far the best thing that happened now in, in my older age now is that I finally decided to volunteer. The pastor of the church that was here before asked me to get involved when, not, when my mother passed away because they said they need you. So me and my wife came here and we're, it's gonna be 10 years now. And we work with the people, we try to help them out and everything like that, but it's the politicians don't understand what a senior center is. They think that a senior center is, you know, uh, people are looking for food. They don't realize that some of these seniors, they lost a husband or a wife. I don't think they really realize what it's like when they're in their apartment in the night and there's nobody there to help them if they don't feel good or if they don't have enough money for medication and everything like that. So in a sense, when I'm here and they come, my job is to bring a smile on their face. I, 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 uh, we have a little birthday party at the, at the end of the month. I joke around, I act like a fool, but there's so many people get smiles brought to their face that, that you know, makes me feel really proud of myself. And, and like I just said, it's just, they have to, there has to be a stop to this building because they really, in other words, they're making this another city in Brooklyn, which wasn't a city, it was a borough. And it, it just tears me up, you know? But like they say, what can you do? You know, we, we're, we're at an impasse now. And uh, one, I feel sorry for these people, like in this housing, this housing now in New York City and the Bronx and everything. The way the shape of those homes are with the roaches, the lead, the peeling, and all you hear is this double talk. You know, I watched, uh, no, no, I don't know if I'm getting political, but President Trump gets knocked for everything. But I never hear them say anything good. News media is crucifying the man. 
I don't think he'll be reelected after four years, but he's trying to do the best. People look at the economy. The unemployment is lower than it's ever been. More people are being hired on jobs because he released some of that tax burden on big businesses, and they, they're going back to hiring. Uh, hiring people means more money in the people's pockets. This thing that they're doing now with the fare, for the bus fares, it's one of the nicest things they can do because somebody that's below that poverty level, how can they afford? I don't even know what a bus costs anymore because I only ride. But it's, it's just that I'm watching a borough that I love just being chewed up and becoming a concrete jungle, which it wasn't that way before. People don't remember, I used to go see uh, Golden Glove Boxing in McCarran Park. And I, we had uh, concerts in McCarran Park. When I, was, when I had children and my, my wife was taking care, I was a manager of the baseball team with the Little League. I, uh, we had uh, baseball kids playing on the baseball fields over here. You don't, you see it, but you don't see it like it was before. You know, parents don't have the time, you know, to get involved too much with the kids. Where before it was more involvement with parents. Today it's not the same. And I, I don't know how much more I could tell. But all I, I still love Greenpoint, but it's really being smothered. You know, it's it's a shame. So you think the population density is really gonna change the makeup of Greenpoint? No, it's it's it, I think it's like uh, pollution. I think it's becoming overpopulating the neighborhood, it's become a pollution because the people are coming in, don't give a damn for the elderly, not because I, I'm saying this because I'm older and everything like that, but they have no respect. They'll stand on a sidewalk in a gang. They will move out of the way if somebody's walking. It doesn't have to be me. It's a woman with a baby carriage. I don't see anybody, I don't go on a bus, but I don't hear anybody getting up for a woman that comes in, you know, with a baby on a bus and nobody gives them, oh wait, that's the, my, my captain. Hello. Okay, I'll, I'll be there in, in one minute. Okay, bye bye. Okay, bye bye. No, they have a meeting. So, yeah. Okay. So, see, I'm so important. All right, but you know that overpopulating the people is 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 you know, you don't have the space anymore. You're being crammed into an area that's too small for its expansion. And, uh, you know. Too much. It's just too much. Um, All right. I appreciate your story. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's nice speaking with you. And I hope we can unpollute it. <laughs>